HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Good Sunday to you, and welcome to another melty, gooey episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. Today's episode has been sponsored by Hearst Ranch and produced by Heather Hyman and engineered by Nat Wiener. Uh, I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, and I'm being joined today by my good friends Mark Bello and Lara Pira of Pizza Acasa, an innovative, mobile, nomadic, underground pizza business here in New York City. Uh, and the number to call in, should any of you listeners out there have any burning pizza questions, is 718-497-2128. So it seems fitting that today we're going to talk pizza, I mean, right here at Roberta's, which I consider to be kind of the pizza epicenter of Brooklyn. Uh, Roberta's is located at 261 Moore Street out in Bushwick, and I would urge anyone who hasn't been to come out for a pie, and you can also check out the Heritage Studio, which is right in the backyard. Um, so now we'll see if Mark and Lara agree with me, but I think the pizza here can beat down a lot of the competition, both in this borough and beyond. Uh, welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you. Hello. Hello. So first things first, we just, we were just inside and we ate like an obscene amount of food. Um, what did you guys think of the pizza? How does it stack up? Very good. Yeah? Yes. Definitely good flavors. Good we, combos. Now we had two. We had the margarita with Berkshire sausage, which is kind of classic. And then we had one called the Beastmaster, which was like, what was all on it? I don't even remember. Red onion, gorgonzola, Berkshire pork sausage. Jalapenos. Yes. yes. Capers. It had all kinds of crazy great. stuff. Yeah. Anything with blue cheese is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I guess before we get started talking about your business, something that I've started doing on the show is just to ask, you know, my guests how they got into to cheese uh, or cheese related things, this re- cheese related thing being pizza. Um, so could you guys tell me a little bit about how you both got into into the world of uh, making pizzas? Um, well, for me, it was uh, basically growing up uh, born in uh, Mount Sinai Hospital Grew up in New York and New Jersey and uh, weaned on the pizzas, <laughs> the tri-state area. And then I uh, ended up going to college in St. Louis. And then... Where'd uh, you go to college? Washington University. Okay. 
and then uh, was there for seven years, and then Chicago for grad school. Okay. And total of about 18 years out of the East Coast. And pretty much my pizza options were Domino's or Deep Dish. So, so sad. The, but Which, by the way, is what I grew up with, both of those. I had no idea that there was anything beyond the world of Domino's and, and um, you know, Pizzeria Uno. <laughs> Mark is showing me his bracelet, which says, what does it say? Uh, death before deep dish death before deep dish it's like one of those live strong bracelets but (laughs) in black with that on it lance armstrong would be proud yes (laughs) so okay so you moved to the midwest which is a pizza desert and (laughs) well so it started what i would do is i'd be back on the east coast for thanksgiving or winter break and i would go to my favorite pizzerias and i would buy a pie and had this whole system where i would First, cool it on a rack so it wouldn't get all soggy. And then uh, each individual slice, a wrap in foil, and then uh, that would go into a Ziploc bag, be labeled, and then frozen, and then back into my suitcase, back to Chicago, <laughs> and had this whole kind of rationing thing set up until the next time I could make it back to the East Coast. Um, <laughs> You're nothing if not organized, Mark. Yeah. I will say that about you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and it was fun. It's a fun story to tell, but it was a little... A little cumbersome. Distressing to some people. So, um, But a good friend of mine in Chicago who was uh, born and raised in California had worked in pizzerias since he was uh, in his early teens. And he and I just started kind of a pizza laboratory where what we would do is uh, we would – bars were closing. We were hungry. It's like we can go to White Castle. We can go to some greasy spoon. And one night we decided, why don't we make pizzas? So went to the 24-hour supermarket, got dough – um, some toppings. And actually in the summertime, uh, the place where I lived, we started a garden on the roof. So, um, so what would happen is a bunch of us would go back, make the dough. And then the other team was in charge of like getting the toppings together. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Harvest sort of, from the rooftop. It was good. We had like, uh, we were growing all sorts of basil and heirloom tomatoes and had a kiddie pool that I converted into like an arugula patch. So, but Chicago, you know, the, the, the growing season is a little short. So. <laughs> anyway, yes, so is. we started this pizza lab and the whole thing was to figure out, you know, here we are, we're using a home oven. So we're not getting the temperatures that you get with a commercial, you know, pizzeria oven. What, which, which are what? Just for those ignoramuses of us that don't know. Pizzeria ovens can be anywhere from like 600 to like 1100 degrees. Wow. I mean, like I, I'm guessing Roberta's oven... You know, it's the the pizzas are like of a Neapolitan sort of style where I bet they cook in a minute or so, you know, pretty fast. Yeah, no, that that thing is hot. I mean, yeah. it's wood fired. So the whole back of it is just kind of on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can regulate temperature, you know, with, with any oven and depends on the style of pizza that you want to produce and the kind of dough that you're using. But at home, pretty much you're, you know, most ovens max out at about 550. Okay. So how do you make a, a pizza where the crust is really a delicious crust? with that sort of limitation without like hacking into your oven and wrapping the thermostat in tin foil or something like that. So sounds like something you may have tried yeah. once or twice. <laughs> so 12 years later, I figured out how to do it without, uh, Hurting anyone. without any tin foil. Nice. Nice. Um, and so you started making your own pizzas at home and found that even in Chicago, you could come up with a pretty decent New York style thin crust pizza. Yeah. Nice. And so then... You've had it. So what do you I mean? know. Well, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I just... I'm trying to, yeah, recreate for everyone. Just, Mark has these amazing parties, which we'll get into, but they're, they're pizza parties 
you know, that unlike anything you've ever known, where over the course of like five hours, you end up eating, you know, like eight or 10 delicious pizzas. And like, you know, you help make them and the toppings are all great. And it's just a yeah, you never thought you could have so much fun making and eating pizza. So, um, Laura, how about you? How, how did you get into the world of pizza and cooking and all that? Oh, uh, well, I started, well, I was born and raised in Chicago and, uh, did the whole, you know, culinary school and eating my way through life. And, um, where'd you go to school? I went to Kendall college. Okay. Downtown campus. And, uh, knew I wanted to be a chef since I was really young. And, uh, cooked at the James Beard house when I worked at a restaurant in Chicago called Avec and Blackbird. Those are awesome restaurants. They are. And uh, we were invited to cook at the Beard House. And after the Beard House, um, we actually went to Mark's place for pizza. And that's how we met. No way. Yeah, we could have gone. Because you, the chefs there were friends. Knew the owners Mark? were friends with Mark. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we could have gone anywhere. And I was up for anything. And we sit down with this printed out menu of nine pizzas. And they're coming out and they're absolutely perfect and i'm like who is this guy and how do, where do i sign up so i started working with him and uh came out to new york and i hate chicago deep dish and <laughs> i yeah it's sad that i'm a you know native of chicago and i absolutely hate deep dish I'm well. I, I'm kind of with you. I have to say. I mean, I'll I'll go for a slice of Lou Malnati's every once in a while, you know. But for like, it, it has to be sort of a special occasion. I'm a thin crust girl too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, here's a contest of who can put the most cheese and dough and bread in a pan and call it a pizza. Like, yeah. it's just a waste of life. <laughs> Mark's like let's writhing. Let's not bash deep dish. I know. Okay. Let's talk okay. about. Pizza we like. Okay, we'll talk about pizza we like. So we love your pizza. Um, your company is called Pizza Casa, and um, can you tell us a little bit how uh, this uh, pizza company works and how you guys uh, do your thing? Uh, so when it it started, you know, in uh, Chicago, just as a kind of a hobby, mm-hmm. fun. Actually, the name of the business was Pizza Mercenaria, which means mercenary Italian. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Name has some, you know sort of negative connotations and pizza causes seem to make a lot of sense. And it's something, you know, I mean, definitely my, my uh, pizzas have an Italian influence to them as well. Uh-huh. Kind of think of them as a hybrid of like East coast style that I like. And then the kind of uh, influences my father's from Italy and, you know, foods I uh, grew up eating and just the approach to food, like using really great ingredients and the whole thought less is more and, you know, mm-hmm. really nice balance and, and all that. Um, so, but anyway, so yeah, I started doing this just in Chicago for fun. And then friends would ask me if I could like cater a party for them. My friend had an art gallery and he said, you know, could you do like an after party? My uh-huh. friend's loft, blah, blah, blah. So, um, and then when I moved back to the East Coast, uh, I was working at Murray's. Murray's Cheese Shop, Murray's which cheese. is how Mark and I met, strangely well, actually, enough. Actually, you were off in Europe, like doing your... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we were both Murray's alums, so we both ended up at this strange little cheese cave in the Auvergne. Yeah. I was working there as an intern, and Mark came for a visit, and that's how we met. Yeah, yeah. I had left Murray's, and I was just kind of traveling the world, trying to, you know, have all these cheese experiences. And um, and so then, yeah, when I came back to the city, I went to one of your one of your one of your parties, and at that time, you were kind of trying to figure out how to turn this love of yours for being able to make these awesome pizzas and teach people about it into, into a full-time gig. 
So um, can you tell us a little bit how you finally, you know, how you made that happen? Because it's pretty, uh, it's just pretty incredible. Uh, well, I uh, just kind of <laughs> built myself like a little uh, doctor's case, you know, to make house calls. <laughs> so I've got this this box that I have on a little hand truck and in it, pizza stones, pizza pans, my infrared thermometer with laser, which helps me determine uh, just basically it's a laser pointer and wherever the dot is, it tells you how hot the surface temperature of something is. <laughs> so that helps me like get a quick read on what sort of oven I'm dealing with. Because often when I'm doing a party at someone's house, I've never been there. I don't know, you know, what temperature their oven is at, if it's hotter up top, or if it's hotter down below. So sure. that's a lot of help. And it's fun little geeky toy to have as well. But um, so started doing uh, house calls with the biz, not having any sort of like a physical storefront. Um, whether the house call be like a cooking class in someone's house Mm -hmm. or just basically bringing the pizzeria to someone's house for the night and talking with the client and coming up with a menu that would be a lot of fun and then doing this kind of progressive like pizza parade, you know, starting with milder savory and building up to bigger savory and then sweet savory and then maybe dessert and doing some antipasti and things like that and then doing classes at Murray's, uh, the Astor Center, uh, JCC, JCC is what? Is- uh, Jewish Community Center. Okay. Up on like 76th and Amsterdam. So I was doing kosher pizza classes. Wow. Yeah, so no milk and meat. So milk, <laughs> milk one. Yeah. <laughs> as, it, as it should, yes. I think, in that scenario. Yep. I'm also biased because I'm a dairy person, but you know. Um, so that's amazing. So now you actually do have a storefront. Yes. Right? Where you're going to be starting uh, a new phase of Pizza Casa. The Pizza Self-Sufficiency Center. Okay. That's kind of the uh, the sub name of, of the biz. But yeah, uh, we're going to be at uh, 371 Grand Street. So Right around the corner from the Essex Street Market, which very, makes me really happy. because that's where I get all my awesome uh, American Farmstead cheeses. <laughs> that and then Aleva, of course, on at 188 Grand Street, so, yeah. which yeah. is my source for mozzarella, and I love their stuff. And uh, yeah, so 371 Grand, right next to Kosar's, and they're our neighbors. And then a couple doors down from the donut plant... Um, God, it's like all of the good bready things in the span of two blocks. Donuts, yes. bialis, and bagels, and pizza. I think the Atkins Center should open up. So, um, <laughs> they wouldn't have a chance. Nah. <laughs> um, well, so we're going to take a quick break in a minute. But um, just before we do that, um, it, to tell people what, uh, if you could tell our listeners, what is the Pizza Self-Sufficiency Center going to be? When people go there, what, what's their experience? So it'll be a home base. Um, it'll be uh, a retail store in which I will have, you know, I can't say so many times I teach a pizza class and, you know, we go through the whole process and the equipment and, you know, what I can say first and foremost, if anyone wants to make pizza at home, the, the absolute necessity to invest in it is a good baking stone. Okay. Get something that's about a half an inch thick. Um, I like to get a rectangular shaped one as opposed to a, r- a round one. Um, two reasons. One, because, uh, I'm a klutz and it's a bigger target, which is good. But two, it's, it's literally, it's a capacitor for your oven and you've got, you know, the rectangle, there's more thermal mass there. So, you know, when your pizza stone gets up to temperature, um, you open your oven door and 50 degrees flies right out. And again, you know, I'm saying keeping the heat in there is really, is the name of the game. So the stone acts as this, you know, it's still keeps that temperature going. And if it's adequately thick enough, when the pizza hits it, it's going to drop a little bit, but it's going to rebound as opposed to going with like a thinner stone. So anyway, so I've got, you know, my favorite pizza stone, my favorite pizza wheel. uh, Your favorite pizza paddle. You use those wooden paddles, right? Oh, the peel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
so it's going to be uh, you know it's going to be my sort of curated selection of like the best stuff and then in the back is a space where um we're gonna have uh room for classes like hands-on for 12 people 12 people that's awesome and then and then a space to do demonstrations and things like that for you know two dozen people there and so right now in the midst of construction having a lot of fun oh yeah construction's always fun no literally we're having a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah it's like everyone you know, else i talk to they're like oh this permit and that permit and that's so behind and i hate it but yeah laura and i actually kind of when we were we were designing the work table for like a dozen people to all congregate around and do it um we 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 essentially built a, a maquette out of cardboard you know and this thing's going to be done with like maple and marble and all sorts of stuff but uh-huh. it's been a lot of fun that, and we knocked down a wall. That was really fun. That was fun. Kicked down a you wall. You knocked down the wall. Uh, <laughs> you, four tries. It's pretty fun. She's a black belt in pizza and in other things. Dang. All right. Well, when we come back from our break, we're going to ask Lara more about the, the pizzas and uh, how you guys craft your delicious, unique recipes. Um, stay with us on Cutting the Curd. We'll be back in a minute. We like pizza too, but I don't know if anybody likes pizza more than those kids. Where, God, where do you think they're from? Germany. D- Germany. <laughs> that was my thought too. I had a really awesome pizza in in Berlin. Like really? Yeah, really, really good. That's that's actually a good question. Best pizza you've ever had for both of you guys. What do you think? Pizza Casa. Hello. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. But second. Well, if it made you move cities, I mean, absolutely. I'm sure. That... I picked up everything and came over here. It's great. That's awesome. Definitely best pizza I've ever had in my life. What what pizza did you like the best of that, of that first uh, experience you had over at Mark's Place? Well, it was a tasting of nine or so. Um, the first one blew me away, the margarita. You know, it had amazing ingredients a good olive oil the best mozzarella in the world like it's just uh, it was a complete you know perfect package and for something that that actually says a lot because the simplest things should be the best absolutely yeah wow well so mark that's a pretty big compliment <laughs> that's why he you know put me on board that's right <laughs> he didn't pay me to say that <laughs> awesome and what about you mark what the best pizza i mean You've eaten pizza around the world. It's like, I mean, there's so many good ones, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, Maybe a top three then if you had to. Well, for one, there are a lot of new pizzerias that I haven't even tried because you can imagine that when it's time to, you know, go out to dinner on a day off, like pizza isn't always the first thing that comes to mind. Sure. Yeah. That's like um, me and cheese. I don't eat too much cheese at home for dinner. For real? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. I have to say, like, an enduring favorite of mine is uh, the Totonos in Coney Island. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, I think, still closed. They had a fire in March. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they're going to be reopening soon. I actually have two slices in my freezer <laughs> prior to the fire. 
Um, you know, you could sell those on eBay. I was thinking oh about God, doing so something true. like that, you know, some sort of, you know, fundraising thing. Totono's benefit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that's actually that's a thought. But, um, you know, that to me just kind of consistently has embodied what I love about the kind of New York Neapolitan, you know, the coal fired oven, great crust. I love, you know, the cheese. You know, they, they put the mozzarella down first and then they put the sauce on top of it, which is technique that we use which i think really works well to maintain the creaminess and the integrity of the the cheese um a little pecorino on there get nice savory and a little kind of umami kick there as well yeah um, so and then so many others i mean the pizza we had this morning was fantastic you know yeah i love roberta's yeah it's so good what about you Anne? Um, gosh, best pizza. That's tough. Um, you know, I still remember actually when I first met Mark, um, we went on it like a pizza sojourn. This is when I was in the process of opening my store. Oh, to, so I still had some free time. Yeah. Sa- and Sally's and yeah. So we went and I was like, what the, he-? I was like, okay, really? I was like three pizza places in one day. And Mark was like, yeah, get in the car. Well, that's We're right. Going. Cause we went to Totono's. We, we drove to Totono's in Coney Island and then we drove to freaking New Haven, Connecticut <laughs> and ate twice, two pizzas. We to. ate at Sally's and then at Beppe's and at Sally's, we just had a pizza with um, cheese and sausage. Right. And at Beppe's, we got the clam pie, which I had never had before. And that one at Sally's sticks in my mind. Yeah. I just really love it. Like, I think the tomato sauce is a little bit sweeter there. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But there was just something about like, and it was a square. It came out on a big square tray. And they just kind of, you know, sliced it up. Round pizza on a square tray. It was like. Yeah. 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 It was. Uh, it's, that, that, yeah, that's the thing. And the thing about New Haven, too, that's interesting. Uh, I So we, as a sort of a, a release on the pizza peel, we sprinkle some semolina flour. Um, so the semolina, you know, it's a coarse grain semolina flour. It um, does two things. It acts kind of like little ball bearings. So the pizza is able to slide on, uh, off of it into the oven. Nature's little ball bearings. <laughs> and they also are nature's little toasty nutty nuggets in that they toast on the bottom of, the, they, they stick to the bottom of the crust and they toast and you get this really like lovely nutty flavor and crunch to them. Yeah. And, uh, no, I love it. When I don't even know where that's texture. from because that's not like a, a true Neapolitan like, you know, thing to do. But New Haven, they use cornmeal. And I've tried cornmeal, and always when I do it, it, it tends to burn and taste kind of like not pleasant burn, but kind mm. of bitter. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing that Sally's and Peppy's both do is they use the cornmeal and they work it out. Now, what about, um, I don't know, that just, maybe you were talking about different, I don't know, sort of has different traditions of pizza making. And um, so where did the pizza really first originate? I mean, people argue, right? Is it is it over here? Is it in Italy? Is China. It, no, <laughs> fireworks spaghetti, right? No, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, I think it was pretty much like a like a street food, you know, in in Italy. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, pizza margarita. The story, as I know it, is that late eighteen hundreds, Queen Margarita, who's somewhere up north, hears that these guys down south are this crazy, you know, delicious food called pizza, and so she has a pizzaiolo from down there come up and and show you know show what he's doing, and he. The margarita pizza was created uh, in her honor, you know, the name. And, and the, uh, so the margarita is essentially tomato sauce, mozzarella, and basil. Mm. So red, white, and green, the colors of the Italian flag. Yeah. So, oh, they were salesmen, those yeah. Napolitanos. <laughs> and, and then, you know, here in New York, like the first licensed pizzeria in the United States is Lombardi's, which is on Spring in Mulberry. Okay. Um, 
And, you know, I think, and they still have that, the same oven that they, wow. had, yeah. And so, and I think that, you know, I, I and, and the, the whole coal thing, from, from what I understand, you know, in Italy, wood was the fuel that was available and used, but here it was coal. And so, and I love coal oven pizza. I mean, I think it just imparts this flavor that's just really unique. And, and in fact, a, a good friend in Chicago, guy from Boston, uh, <clears throat> opened up a coal fired place there recently. Uh, in the last like three or four years, uh, I'm actually really glad he didn't do it sooner because if he did, I probably never would have started making my own. So. <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about ovens. I mean, you you keep stressing the importance of ovens. Um, what kind of oven are you going to have at uh, Pizza Casa? Uh, we are going to have a an electric uh, Viking oven. Uh, Viking was heavy duty. Yeah, nice. I mean, you know, it's it, it, those top out at 550 degrees. Um, Vikings are just great, totally bulletproof, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've been teaching classes out of my apartment and I have a, a sort of no name brand oven, which has been producing great pizzas. But the thing is literally starting to, you know, collapse from running it five <laughs> hours at a time, you know, like three or four times a week. So um, but Viking is a brand I really like. My mother replaced her like avocado green oven of 35 years or something recently and bought a Viking and I went there for Mother's Day and made uh, a bunch of pizzas for her and they came out great. So I actually approached Viking and told them about my idea and they were really cool and, you know, have supported me and um, given me a bunch of toys to play with. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, what's another I don't know. So biggest culinary influences for both of you guys, because the pizzas and then I want to talk about the pizzas that you guys make because they're so unusual and delicious. Um, but before we get into the actual, you know, meat and potatoes of what's on the pizzas, um, who who kind of, you know, inspired you guys and potatoes? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That would be an Irish pizza, meat and potatoes. There you go. Um, but what, yeah, what about you, Mark? Who's your biggest culinary influence? Uh, I would say my parents, mm-hmm. you know, and even though he died when I was pretty young, my, my uh, maternal grandfather, mm-hmm. who actually, uh, so Italian on my father's side, uh, Jewish on my mother's side. So my grandfather, Hyman Breckner, who grew up. On Hester Street, on the Lower East Side, very close to where... Right around the corner from your spot. It's all it's all coming together. But when wow. I was a kid, um, I remember he started a printing business uh, at Lafayette and Kenmare Streets. And when I would come in to visit him, we would go to Chinatown and go to for dim sum and go to these places that, you know, we were probably, you know, one of the few non-locals in there uh-huh. and just eat all sorts of stuff. And so... To this day, you know, the Chinese food bug has bitten me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and actually... And you talk about your dad's cook or your dad's cooking and his traditions a lot too, right? The the Feast of the Fishes and special meals that you guys prepare together. And Yeah, we do... Christmas Eve is the big Feast of Seven Fishes. But we, we would... Some years we would do like, you know, this beautiful salad with shrimp and squid and octopus and fried smelts. And then we do like sushi <laughs> we would get like a big chunk of tuna and, <laughs> so it was fun um and uh yeah so that was a big thing and so then, rule breakers though too you, you know, know but it's with the pizzas i mean i guess also the the all the the menu of, for pizza casa which you can see online on the website what's the website uh pizza so the word pizza another a c-a-s-a.com okay uh, or pizzaschool.com. That's that's easy to remember. <laughs> um but the pizzas you see pretty much have like a italian kind of 
you know, influence on them. But here and there, you know, it's fun to kind of play. Yeah. Um, there's the Pesci Fumicati, which is the one. Uh, the Russ and Daughters Russ Pizza? Russ and Daughters Pizza. Oh, yeah. amazing. So it's totally a bagel and lox on a pizza, but, you know, give it an Italian name and. <laughs> and roll with it. Yeah. We actually did that yesterday for a party. It was a lot of fun. Nice. So what about you, Lara? Who are your biggest culinary influences? Well, before I got into the professional side of cooking, definitely my mother and grandmother were my first influences. Um, I just remember being the only person under the age of 30 to stand in the kitchen and wait for the tripe to cook on the oven. Like, it was just everyone would evacuate the house and little Lara was like seven and I'd be waiting on the table like with my hands to my face like, when is it ready? And (laughs) it was just my mom's stuffed tripe with like rice and chickpeas and a whole lamb head and the pig's feet and wow it's just this uh this dish we do for holidays so and where's where's your family from um a syrian we're originally syrian i'm the first generation here okay and uh yeah it's just a great tradition we have and my every time i go home now my mom makes it for me and i smuggle it back through the airport 10 pounds frozen so you guys have that in common oh, too yeah. oh, smuggling yeah. frozen oh, food on airplanes and you guys say approved yeah <laughs> and i've had this stuff and it's fantastic wow delicious so every time i go through the airport they're like bag check i'm like oh not again like what is that i'm like it's just 10 pounds of frozen beef tripe and pig's feet and so i love my mom for that like definitely have to thank her for making all this great weird food that only mark likes to try so i appreciate that <laughs> well next time you come back you know i'm, I'm all about it too. i actually have so two pi- need... i have two pints in the freezer so i'll come visit you nice yeah nice <laughs> good stuff so um so what does the timeline look like for pizza casa so you said you're doing construction now do you have a or do you feel comfortable even talking about when you might be able to have the space up and running or um Sure. Okay. <laughs> Some people December like, last yeah. year. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan. Um, I, I'm thinking like, should everything fall into place the way it's looking? Probably soft opening sometime in February and then March, you know, will be the full rollout with the wow. cheerleaders and llamas and everything else. And parades. Yeah, and the whole thing. Nice. We're going to close down Grand Street. <laughs> I love it. There can be like one guy juggling like a bagel. A donut. No, we're going to have pizza. pizza dough tossers, you know, acrobats and stuff. Oh, nice. Of course. Nice. Yeah, you can call your buddies from like the pizza championships. <laughs> yes. To get them to, you know, I don't know, twirl dough on their hand like at 60 miles an hour or whatever they do. <laughs> so, well, okay. So let everybody know again, how can they find out more about Pizza pizza Casa? Because it's an amazing, I mean, seriously, I've been to probably three or four dinners Um uh, at Mark's and um, also known as speakeasies speakeasies yes speakeasy. yes and it's incredible I mean you've never had anything like it and just the and your passion for it too really I mean your passion for your pizza and the craft of making it it's infectious so everyone should come and take a class with Mark because it will give you a new appreciation for the art of pizza <laughs> so wait one more time you said pizza mm-hmm. or pizza school Dot com. Dot com. All right. Well, I think, unfortunately, we've run out of time. But thank you guys both so much for coming on the show. Thank you. And uh, we look forward to eating lots more pizza at Roberta's on Grand Street, everywhere in between. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Anne. Thank you, guys. We'll see you again next Sunday. 
Tchau.